As we go through the book of Philippians, we're focusing this week on learning to be content. Uh, Paul's in prison. Uh, he has no reason for being happy or contented, but he is. He writes a letter, and the theme of it is joy. Now, <clears throat> I think it's wonderful about the Apostle Paul that he's transparent with us, that he shows us what. And he says this, he says <clears throat> in Philippians 4.11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now he says, I have learned. Isn't that great? You imagine the Apostle Paul was born uh, <clears throat> knowing how to walk with God and knowing how to live with God, and he had all these things in place in his mind, uh, but he didn't. He had to learn them. Now we're going to look this week at how he learned them, but <clears throat> I want us to first of all just focus on that thought that Paul had to learn. So Paul's in prison. He's not in the place he wants to be. He's not doing what he wants to do. He wants to be out there preaching the gospel. And he wants to be doing what God would have him to do. He wants to be fulfilling his calling in life. And yet here he is in prison. So how is he going to be content in a situation, <coughs> excuse me, that is really not of his choosing, that is uh, problematic for him, that seems to be shutting down his ministry? Well, he's got to learn to be content. Do you know that you and I have got to keep learning? Christianity uh, is not just about the things we do. Christianity is about the things we learn and the attitudes and thinking that we take on because of the things we learn. And this week, as we look at contentment, we need to learn an attitude of contentment in our lives that's going to help us. I imagine for the Apostle, for the Apostle Paul, it went something like this. Paul looked at his chains and he said, I don't want these chains. These are not my plan. It's important that we recognize when things are not what we want them to be. We can't just gloss over it and pretend they are when they're not. We need to recognize, no, this is not what I want it to be. But then Paul looked up and he said, well, what are you doing with these chains in money? What do you want me, what do you expect me to do with those chains? And then the Spirit of God moved in Paul's heart and, <clears throat> and Paul looked at the end of his chain and there was a constant rotation of Roman guards. <clears throat> there was a different guard every few hours uh, involved in Paul's life. And so Paul was able to look down at something he didn't like, look up at God and ask God what was going on, and then say, ah, oh, there's a mission field at the end of my chain. And what we saw in chapter 1 of Philippians is that Paul says, the things that have fallen out to me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. The gospel is going further. But Paul didn't always have this contentment. He had to learn it. And he learned it so that what Paul is saying is, I can be content in prison, I can be content when I'm free. It doesn't really matter to me, uh, in a sense, because wherever I'm doing, whatever I'm doing and wherever I'm going, God is involved in it, and so I can learn to be content. So let me give you a couple of challenges here. Uh, first of all, Romans 12, 2 says this, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Do you know that you and I are supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our minds constantly? The Word of God uh, is not a book that we're supposed to study and remember and forget about. No, it was, it's a book we're supposed to study and it's supposed to transform us, change us, make us different. Um, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
What would that look like in your life? If you were taking every thought and bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Christ, it would look like this. And here's a, <clears throat> a picture to put in your mind. You would take your thought, you would examine your thought, you would say, God, is this okay with you? Lord, are you happy with the way I'm thinking right now? And if it wasn't, you would cast it down. You would say, no, I'm not going to think that way then. I'm going to think differently. Now, <clears throat> you and I need to learn to look at our thoughts, to examine our thoughts, to bring them before God and to respond to them in his way. So here's the challenge for you today. Instead of you looking at your situation right now, whatever part of the situation it is, it's a problem for you. Here's what you need to do. You need to look at your situation and say, okay, this is a problem. I don't like it. I don't like being locked in. I don't like not being able to go and do what I want to do. I, that's real. That's true. You got to be honest with yourself, right? But then you look up to God and you say, God, now what do you want me to do in this situation? Because God's involved in every situation in our lives. And then you look out and you say, now what can I do during these days that's going to further the kingdom of God, that's going to help me change, that's going to help me be different? You see, the coronavirus is about change for you and change for me. God wants me to be different because of it. And if we let him, he will change, transform us through it, and we will come out of it better than when we went into it. So remember, look down. Look up. Lord, what are you doing? And then look out. Lord, what would you have me to do? And you will find a blessing in this time of trouble. And you can learn to be content.